0: Mission in five, the podcast, where we ask five simple questions to pastors, ministry leaders, church members, and anyone else we can convince into coming on this podcast to learn more about who they are as people and where they see God moving in their community. Well, this is episode nine, and I am your host, Greg Mamula. Today, we're speaking with Susan Howell of Lincoln, Nebraska. Susan's a Lincoln native, but she spent a good portion of her years growing up in New York. She returned to Nebraska about 25 years ago to care for her aging parents and has been here ever since. She and her husband joined First Baptist Church of Lincoln in 1994. Susan has been active with the Burmese Karen community at the First Baptist Church uh, for the past 10 years, teaching Sunday school, attending events, and serving on the Karen Society of Nebraska Board of Directors. She has been active with our Moses Merrill Camp and Conference Center by planning and participating in various retreats and helping out with the music and drama camp. She lives in Lincoln with her husband, Bob, and they just celebrated their 23rd anniversary. Susan was an accountant in her professional life and is now retired. Welcome to the show, Susan. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well, thank you, Greg.
0: Well, it's good to have you, and I'm excited to learn more about your your ministry in Lincoln. Um, the format of the show is simple enough. Just to remind everybody, we're going to ask you five simple questions as a ministry leader to learn more about who you are and how you see God moving in your community of First Baptist Church and anywhere else that you're doing ministry. Does that sound good?
1: That sounds great.
0: All right. Well, let's dive right in. Let's do question number one. Who are you? Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Okay, well, other than what you already said in the introduction, um, I do uh, teach Sunday school. Um, I also um, do some Bible studies at church. I also do, I've also uh, preached some sermons, uh, which was something I had never expected I would do. (laughs) Um, I am uh, really active in the church. Um, I remember when I first joined the church, I thought, oh my, I'm not going to make the church my life. You know, I have another life. And yeah. then I discovered that I really don't, <laughs> that, that, the, that the church is my life. And yeah. so um, a lot of what I do is centered around that um, that group of people.
2: Yeah.
0: So you've made a lot of friends there at the church, and, and a lot of your social network oh, yeah. involves being at First Baptist oh, yeah. in Lincoln.
1: Yeah. They, they are uh, kind of my extended family, Yes. Um, that's the advantage of a small church.
0: Yeah, being from the Lincoln area, do you still have family there?
1: No, not anymore. Mm-mm. They're all they're all gone. Okay, they've all gone to heaven. <laughs> well,
0: that's good to know. Um, mm-hmm. Well, let's do number two then. How did you get here? How did you find your way from New York back to Lincoln, um, <laughs> and then um, why First Baptist and as a faith community?
1: Right. Um, I had uh, grown up in um, in a church that, I don't know how to describe it, um, but it was kind of like Presbyterian, but it wasn't a Presbyterian church, okay. um, and uh, so my background was certainly not Baptist, mm-hmm. um, but when I moved back to Lincoln to take care of my parents, um, and I met my future husband, uh, our first date was church shopping. And so we went to various (laughs) churches, and I know. And when we walked into First Baptist, uh, Lee Spitzer was the minister there, was the pastor there. Okay. And I felt at home. You know, I recognized his accent. I recognized, uh, you know, the way he did things was how I grew up back east, and so I felt very comfortable and home there. And um, I felt like every sermon he spoke was to me hmm. that i you know i was being targeted if you will and i would i would end up in tears after each um after each uh, service and um so about about a year after we started going there we were baptized um and um and it just kind of went from there wow
0: so just for our listeners to to kind of catch up they may not know Lee Spitzer is the uh, general secretary of ABC USA currently, but in the 90s, he was pastor of First Baptist Church in Lincoln, um, Yes. And, and he's from New Jersey, is that right, or Brooklyn? Uh,
1: New York. Yeah. yeah, he's from New York. Right. He's in New Jersey now. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, yeah, so he's from New York, and, and you grew up in New York, mm-hmm. so that was kind of your connection there.
1: Yes, yeah, absolutely. All right. and, absolutely, uh, and yeah, go ahead.
0: Oh yeah, tell me more about this romantic church shopping date.
1: <laughs> we we had kind of made a list of various churches in town and um we had we had met at St. Mark's, which is a Methodist church. Okay. And um but we had felt we had somehow grown beyond what St. Mark's could offer us. And so we started looking and we um, it was kind of interesting because a couple of the churches we went to um, were on summer hours, and so we missed the service. Hmm. Which I, I, looking back now, I realize was kind of God leading us to where we wanted. He wanted us to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Bob had remembered First Baptist, and this is funny. Remembered First Baptist because he had attended a funeral there and had been impressed by uh, the pastor and the congregation and all of that stuff, and so. We decided we'd go there, and first time we went, we never left. Wow, well,
0: that's a good <laughs> story. I like it. No, that's great. You never. It's always interesting to find out how um, people found church homes, and so it's. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm glad that you've been there for a while and um, have have made it part of your life, such a deep part of your life.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Well, let's go on to question three then. Um, what moves you? Do you have any? Hobbies, passions, interests. Do you do things? I mean, you're you're pretty deeply connected to the church, but um, right within the church, you know, is is there something that excites you, or are there things, maybe other things you do in uh, Lincoln that that strike your uh, passion?
1: No. Oh, okay. Well, um, outside of the church, I um, have gotten hooked on Ancestry.com. Okay, um, and that has been very uh, interesting. Um, Inside the church, I um, have a passion for our refugee communities. Um, The church hosts a a large Karen uh, congregation, a Chinese congregation, and a Sudanese congregation. And um, it seems that that God's leading me to have relationships in each one of those congregations and to help um, them in any way that I'm called to do.
0: All right, very good. Well, tell me a little bit, if you're comfortable, tell me a little bit about your ancestry studies. What are uh, some things you've discovered about your roots?
1: Uh, Well, my roots I pretty much knew. Um, I am 25% Irish, and the rest is Western European, German, Swiss, that area. But I knew that because I knew where my grandparents um, had originated. Um, My husband, on the other hand, he knew nothing because his father died when he was very young, Mm -hmm. and uh, we discovered he had a half-brother that he didn't know about. And so that was kind of exciting, and since we discovered him, we have um, a relationship with him, and as a matter of fact, next month we're going to meet him for a week and vacation in Texas.
0: Wow, that's amazing. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. And and the other thing that I think is interesting is, is he is he used to be a church the the half brother mm-hmm. uh used to go to church but he doesn't because his wife, who is, I believe, Japanese, isn't is an atheist. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like we are uh we were called to find him mm-hmm. for that reason, you know, to, to show him um that what faith can do and what god can do in your life and so um that's you know that's been a really interesting journey as well
2: yeah
0: you never know who god's going to bring in your life to to share your life story and and faith journey with
1: absolutely absolutely yeah christine
0: that's a perfect segue to our next question so so what's happening at first (laughs) baptist church tell us tell us tell us a little bit more about this uh refugee ministry that that you're so deeply involved in. Um, For our listeners that that may not know, uh, um, the Karen people are a tribal group from Burma. And many of them mm-hmm. have immigrated to the United States, and because of mm-hmm. our American Baptist uh, mission work in, in Burma, mm-hmm. um, many of them come here as Christians and as Baptists, and so they want to connect to yes. American Baptists. And then you also have Chinese and Sudanese groups that aren't necessarily connected with the Baptist mm-hmm. tradition, but are worshiping at First Baptist. So tell us a little bit about right. this and, and how it came about and how the church has partnered with these groups.
1: Well, initially, um, for the Corinne, we sponsored a one family. Um, it was a woman and, I believe, two or three sons who came. And so we found them an apartment, got them furniture, you know, did all that stuff. And through that one family, we now have a congregation on Sunday morning that's probably around 250 to 300 people. Korean wow. uh, descent who come to our church. That's amazing. And um yeah, I know. And through that, um, I was, at the time I was teaching Sunday school, I still am, but I was teaching uh, preschool. And so a lot of these little Korean children would come into my Sunday school uh, class and they didn't speak English. Mm-hmm. And so it was very hard to do a lesson. So I recruited one of the mothers to come and she translated the lesson for me so that I could teach them, and she and I became friends. All
2: right.
1: And then it just kind of grew from there. I got invited to her house. I got invited to—they um, have what you, they call blessings in their house, which is like a little church service hmm. uh, to either uh, bless a house or to have a birthday or just kind of any event um, that they do. And so as I got invited to those things— I became more acquainted. I started singing in their choir. They had to write everything out phonetically for me, but I was singing in their choir. Um, And so I got and then I got uh, chosen to be on their board of directors. So it's just kind of grown from that one family uh, that came, oh my, ten years ago probably, uh, to our church. The Chinese church has been with us a lot longer they started with a member of our church named Ted Lowe and he and his wife had a a Sunday school for the Chinese refugees who came to the country. And um, that has grown uh, over the years. And um, I believe now they probably have 50 or 60 people that meet in our fellowship hall on Sunday, the same time that we have our service. Um, and again, through my Sunday school teaching, I have met their children, so then I've met their parents, mm. and uh, Friday Friday evenings, they have a special dinner that they invite the Chinese college students to come, because our, our church is close to the campus, mm-hmm. so they come, and then occasionally, my husband and I will go and have dinner and, and uh, sit in on their service. We don't understand a lot of it, because it's all done in Chinese, but um but still it, being able to fellowship with them is has been really a, a blessing the Sudanese are brand new they've only been worshipping with us for maybe a year or so and they come in on sunday evenings and they have grown they used to be in one of our smaller classrooms and now they worship in our fellowship hall because they need the room
2: wow.
1: uh, so they have grown uh to a larger group and they are um they're obviously they're from south sudan and they are very uh they worship very loud and very musically and they dance and they they just have a whole different uh way of of praising God but we have the, their minister uh sometimes plays guitar yeah. in our pray on our praise band
2: yeah yeah
1: and now we we have a couple of the Karen young people who are joining our praise band and play drums and guitar and so again, it's it's been a long process of of assimilation and trying to um, to work with all these groups to to let them feel comfortable and know that we care about them. And anyway, that's a long story, but
0: <laughs> there it is. <laughs> no, no, it's great. And I think this is a story that um, our our teachers need to know about, and and our listeners need to be aware of. Um, this has not mm-hmm. always been an, an easy task, for sure. Um, no, it, it has stretched no. the, the congregation of First Baptist uh, immensely, mm-hmm. um, and you've been a key mm-hmm. part of that being stretched. Um, what, what have been some personal challenges for you in this process, and then maybe the life of First Baptist? How, how have they adjusted to these uh, United Nations meeting in their in their building?
1: Right, right. Well, personally, my biggest challenge is the language. Mm-hmm. Um, I am trying to learn Korean, but my old brain just does not do very well at that. When I was in high school, I was taking a whole bunch of foreign languages and never had any problem. And now I'm trying to learn Korean and it's difficult. So that's probably my biggest challenge. And also to deal with the parents who are concerned because their children are becoming Americanized. And to deal with the children, to explain to them why their parents are concerned hmm. does, does that make sense? So so there's a little um, bit of a gap
0: between the children and their parents because the children want to be more Western.
1: Yes. Okay. yes. well, they go to our schools yes. and they they want to fit in, and they want to be uh, and of course, they they aren't going to be because they look different right. If they were from a European country, it would be much easier, but but they uh, they succumb to bullying and mm. just a whole lot of different um, things that that's difficult. They might not if they didn't look different. Um, I think the challenge for our congregation has been that because we're an older congregation, there aren't a lot of children um, of our own. The Korean have a lot of children. Yeah. So. We have had people who had young children leave our church because they said we don't have any children, we don't have a children's program. Well we do, but what we don't have is white Anglo Saxon children. Right. And and so to for the congregation the difficulty has been trying to deal with prejudice hmm. and perception of we have a we have a very large youth group that does all kinds of great stuff but they are 99% Korean mm. few Chinese um and so it's it's been an interesting transition those who are in our congregation now embrace those groups and and it's um and it's been but it's been um a, a road, <laughs> a yeah. road that we've had to go down that hasn't been always easy.
0: So, so with the the youth group then has become, and, and the Sunday school hour has become a blended mm-hmm. kind of experience. This is where the the yes. Karen and mm-hmm. the First Baptist community and the and the Chinese community all the, kind of meet in mm-hmm. one
1: place. Um, right, right, and so there's a one Sunday school that is mid. Middle school and high school. Mm -hmm. And then I teach kindergarten through fifth grade. Okay. And so we, on any given Sunday, I have Chinese, Korean, um, Caucasian, a whole mix of people, uh, and as they do in the high school group.
0: So, so this is kind of interesting. So, you found ways to overlap. You guys meet every once in a while for special events in the evenings, or even yes. you come together. Mm-hmm. Um, as, is it once a month or once a quarter as a as a joint community for worship?
1: Um, we're we're doing, trying to do once a quarter. As a matter of fact, we're doing a joint service on May twentieth. Uh, okay. That will involve all the congregations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so there, there's been places
0: of overlap, but there's also been places of unique uh, cultural and uh, language-centric uh, worship. So they still have a Korean yes. worship hour. There's a Sudanese worship hour. Yes. There's a Chinese worship time, an English-speaking yes. First mm-hmm. Baptist time. But there have been many overlaps. Right. So there's sort of distinct but overlapping yes. congregations.
1: Right, right. And, you know, I go to the Korean service. I have a, a lovely young man who translates for me when mm. I'm at the service. Okay. Uh, we have several of the Korean who um, speak... Pretty good English, and they come to our service. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's slowly, you know, we're slowly kind of melting. But it's it's been a it's a long process. It's yeah. not something that happens overnight. And and I think those who expect it to happen overnight are going to be disappointed.
0: Yeah, yeah. And this has been, like you said, it's been a ten-year journey um, mm-hmm. welcoming in yeah. these groups. And so it's not always been the easiest road. But you have, um, by the grace of God, worked through. Many of your differences and found some common space.
1: Yeah. Yes. Very much so. Very much so. It's been it's been really good. And um, and I also um, there is a an office in one of the apartment buildings where I volunteer one day a week, and people come in to. I mean, we make phone calls to doctors. We right. uh, we call the Department of Health and Human Services. We read their mail. We write checks for them to pay bills. We do just a variety of things Mm. for them that they're especially if they're fairly newly arrived um, would have difficulty with right so So you're part of that
0: assimilation process you're teaching them how to be actively Mm -hmm. uh, engaged in their community and pay their bills and get them oriented to life in lincoln
1: right (laughs) yeah which seems easy to us but i keep thinking to myself if i were if I were thrown into a country where I didn't speak the language at all, mm-hmm. how would I survive? Yeah, um, it would not be very easy. Right,
0: and and even within the Korean group, um, but certainly uh, with the with the Chinese and the Sudanese, um, some of them are, mm-hmm. are just traditional immigrants, but many of them are are refugees because of conflict situations. Um, is, would you say this yes. is this is a reflection of of what's going on there at First Baptist?
1: Right, yes, absolutely. Um, The the Karen and the Sudanese are refugees. Okay. Because uh, I know, is that what they're called? I can't even remember. Anyway, they have conflict in their countries. Sure, yeah. The Karen were driven out of Burma into Thailand, and they've been living in uh, refugee camps. Some of them were born there Mm -hmm. and and have grown to adulthood there, Mm -hmm. Uh, but they have emigrated to the United States, and Lincoln seems to be a really comfortable place for them to be, yeah. because they, they bring their families, maybe who've emigrated and live in Minnesota or South Dakota or some other state, and then they eventually come to Lincoln, Yeah. because the jobs are here, the uh, people are nice, you know, um, they, they are comfortable here. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the Chinese, on the other hand, most of them have come to go to school. Right. They have come to the university, they've gotten their doctorates, and a lot of them are scientists. The accountants, the professionals, Mm -hmm. Um, and so their their story is different because they they are here um, because they they've chosen to come to be educated.
0: Right. So so that's that's again that's some of the con uh, maybe some of the differences between the the congregations and certainly how the ministry is different because you're dealing with people who Mm -hmm. are, are, are intentional immigrants for one reason or another, mm-hmm. and then some who are mm-hmm. are refugees who are escaping conflict um, and those right. sort of things. So those are very different kinds of ministry settings. Yeah, right. Very much so. Well, thanks for sharing that. Is there anything else about that type of ministry you want to share? Anything that we should know?
1: <sighs> well, um, I think that the more that people get to know refugees and their situations, they find out that they have the same goals and aspirations for their children um, and for themselves to be uh, to be able to contribute to society, to be able to work, uh, to have their children have a good education, to have their children be successful. Most of the people who've come here with, with children, that was their goal. They knew that in the camps they were not going to get the things that they needed for their children to be successful and to be healthy and to be, um, contributors. And, and so it's, it's a really kind of an eye opening thing to know that they're really not that much different from we are. They look different. They, they speak a different language, they eat different food, but they still have those same hopes and aspirations for the lives and the lives of their children. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you for sharing about that. Um, I really, I've really, always enjoyed learning about the, this type of ministry at First Baptist in Lincoln, and um, <laughs> I, I think this May 20th type services that you guys have um, is what heaven's going to look like with all the different people groups.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And we, we sing, uh, they're, uh, the Chinese and the Korean have hymnals that have the same hymns in them that we have, again, because a lot of them were Baptists to begin with, and and so we sing that hymn in three different languages. That's amazing. And it's and it's wonderful. <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> that's
0: great. Well, um, let's move on to the final question. Then, what's next? Maybe uh, what's next for First Baptist? What's next for you personally? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe for this ministry of of, of multicultural uh, ministry? What's what's the next thing that's going to take place for
1: you guys? What's the next thing? Well. We are um, in transition right now because our pastor left uh, to go to Connecticut mm-hmm. to be the regional minister there, mm-hmm. and uh, so we have an interim pastor. And so our next step is to just figure out how we continue, uh, where we go, um, how we call a new pastor. I mean, we're just kind of in an interesting spot right now, and it's interesting too because it makes the other congregations nervous Mm. because they don't want us to go. They don't want us to to not exist anymore because we are kind of their, um, I don't know, they need us. They feel like they need us. I'm not sure they do, but they feel like they do, and so um, we are working through that and trying to figure out how that's going to look for the future. Mm -hmm. Uh, for me personally, I think I will just keep on doing what I'm doing and continuing to try to learn to speak Korean so that, and, and so that I can communicate better. I think when you learn a country's language, you learn a lot about them. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the things I learned about the Korean language is they have no past future tense. Everything is present
2: tense.
1: Mm. Um, there is no word for you're welcome. Mm. You say thank you, and they say thank you back. Okay. Um, so, you know, it's just kind of interesting to learn the language because then you, you kind of learn how, how, they, how they think, how, yeah. how they, how they uh, survive or whatever. So hopefully learning the Korean language, um, I would also like to be able to do more preaching and teaching Mm-hmm. That kind of is where I I think I'm headed, but I'm waiting for God to open some doors. Amen. And that's where I am.
0: Well, that's wonderful. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Give us a, a Korean okay. hello.
1: Ah, Osuwa um, means how are you? All right, Osuwa. And then for, Osuwa. The,
0: for the end of the podcast, how do you say goodbye?
1: Ah. Let me say, I'm going to say uh, gala agay, which means good, gala means good morning. Good morning. You say that as, as hello and goodbye.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Very good. And then um, just as a way of saying thank you to you for being a guest on our show, how, how does that work?
1: Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gotten that far yet. Okay. All right. Well, very good. Well, it's been great talking with uh,
0: Susan Howell today. Um, If our listeners had some questions about your ministry at Lincoln um, First Baptist Church, if maybe their congregation has a second group meeting in it that speaks another language and they're curious about um, Hmm. how to connect those two worlds, Mm -hmm. um, could they reach out to you, Mm -hmm. maybe ask you some questions and kind of hear your story and learn more about how you've worked through that?
1: Uh, Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay, so how how would they reach you?
1: Well, they can either call the church, and the number there is 402 477 4198. Okay. Or they can call me um, or text me. That might be the best. Okay. Because I won't necessarily answer the phone if I don't recognize the number.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, So it's 402 416 5112. Okay.
0: Very good. And when you text her to ask these questions, tell her why you're calling and where you learned her number. So
1: yeah, exactly. She
0: she understands (laughs) exactly exactly what's going on. Well, thank you again so Uh much, Susan. I appreciate you being on the show today. Well, thank you. Well, thank you for listening to Mission in 5, the podcast. Keep tuning in each week as we introduce you to the many ministry leaders, pastors, and church leaders impacting the churches of Nebraska and the larger American Baptist community. Check out the show notes for contact information for Susan Howell and the First Baptist Church of Lincoln. In the show notes, you will also find links to learn more about the Karen and Sudanese people groups, along with a Wikipedia article on the basic information regarding the conflicts in those countries. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast at Podbean, iTunes, and Google Play. While there, be sure to rate and review us so we know how you're enjoying the show. Send us ideas on who you'd like us to interview for future episodes. And as always, feel free to support us by giving through our paypal link on our abc nebraska website which is just www.abcnebraska.com thanks everybody have a great day